As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Around the Bible Podcast. I am joined uh, today um, by Pastor Josh Hildebrand from Mercy Ridge Community Church. What's up? Is that, is that the right title? Mercy yeah. Ridge Community Church? Yeah. You got it. So uh, Josh, is uh, he's been on the podcast once before and uh, I'm glad to have him back again. Um, I know that we've had a fewer podcasts here recently and obviously there's a, there's a reason for that. It's COVID-19. <laughs> There's a reason for everything, <laughs> but uh, we, I meet with all my guests in person, so we've been uh, we took a little hiatus uh, for COVID stuff, and uh, obviously dealing with COVID stuff in the church has been a busy time as well. But uh, we're gonna have some some episodes coming out here in the next. Uh, we're gonna have a bunch coming out here in the next few weeks, and uh, excited about that. Uh, so stay tuned to the podcast to see some of those. Today our topic is uh, emotionally driven Christianity, uh, emotionally driven Christianity. And before we get dive into this topic, I want to just make a disclaimer. Neither one of us Joshes here <laughs> are advocating for totally throwing out emotion. Jesus did get emotional. Je- Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit at uh, the death of his friend Lazarus. Jesus was deeply moved twice in that section. And so uh, we're not throwing out emotion Entirely, we're just saying it can't be the main uh, factor in our Christian faith and our Christian walk, and so that's the topic that we're going to get into. Uh, that's the topic that uh, Josh wanted to dive into, and I think it's a great topic for where we're at culturally. Absolutely. And, uh, so uh, that's that's good. Uh, so. Josh, how's your church been doing for COVID real quick? Just throw a little disclaimer in there. Yeah, interestingly, we've actually grown in the midst of COVID. It's been crazy. Uh, we've had some folks that are, are are wanting to gather. And so as we've gathered, they've sought us out and uh, found us. And so, uh, you know, on a, on a Sunday right now, we're we're at or above our COVID, pre-COVID numbers. And that has that's been amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah, that's the best word for it. Yeah. And uh, a tremendous blessing. And uh, super excited about what God's doing, uh, even in the midst of uh, what seems to be a, a tremendous obstacle. God's still got a plan. He's still on the throne. And we still have a mission. And yeah. so we're, we're, we're trying to do that uh, best we can. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So we're just going to start, uh, dive right into this topic this morning. Um, it seems in today's evangelical world, at least in the United States, we have begun to make a shift 
from historical teachings over the centuries to a more emotionally driven church. Uh, do you see this going on today? And then can you give it maybe an example where you see this? Yeah, I do. I see it all over the place. And the, the biggest example in my life has been uh, a buddy of mine that I grew up with in my home church in, in Dallas. Uh, he was uh, a church leader uh, in, in a very prominent church, went on to plant a church, a, a large, successful church, um, and really seemed to be the ideal pastor, the ideal father, and uh, really looked up to him. Uh, and then uh, after a moral failure and uh, kind of the blowing up of his, his life, his marriage, his home, his ministry, uh, over that year journey that he took, he, he came out of it on this, this side of, of uh, what he calls Christian universalism, where uh, Jesus' death on the cross literally does save everyone. You don't have to have faith in him. You don't have to acknowledge him. You don't have to mm-hmm. uh, do anything. You just get a free pass. In fact, he says there is no hell. Everybody just all goes to heaven. And mm-hmm. uh, As I've interacted with him uh, you know, through Facebook, uh, he came out and, and, and basically acknowledged that, that this was an emotional decision that he had made, that, mm-hmm. that something about uh, the idea of hell and the idea of people um, spending an eternity there, just it, it didn't sit well with him. And mm-hmm. so because it didn't make sense to him, it didn't sit well with his heart or his mind, he decided to abandon it yeah. and uh, decided to... Uh, come up with or or embrace a a faith or a, a a doctrine that fits better with his emotional understanding of what he thinks things should be, mm-hmm. um, and that was shocking to me because he was such a smart and scholarly guy. You yeah. know, it, that's what was so shocking is this guy's got multiple biblical studies degrees. He's got. Uh, multiple years in evangelical churches and ministry, uh, and for if emotion can get him, it can get anybody, yeah. and, and can lead them away from uh, traditional biblical teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what has uh, got me thinking about this, uh, testing the scriptures myself, and and making sure I understand um, who Christ is, what Christ has done, um, my response to that. Um, heaven, hell, all of that. Yeah, I, I've absolutely uh, been forced to to, to re-analyze those things and 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 test my faith, and it's been great for me. Um, but it breaks my heart uh, for those who are are going down this path where um, emotion drives uh, what they believe about Christ and Scripture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great example of what we see going on in in, in evangelical churches, especially. Uh, I come from a non-denominational background. I pastor a non-denominational church that is very contemporary. Um, but some of those churches can be some of the most emotionally driven people. Right. Um, and uh, we have to be honest with that in my, in my context of um, see people within our own church who are very, they live on emotion right. instead of on a foundation. And that seems and, to be the the just the direction of our society, yeah. our culture. It's, Absolutely, you get to decide what's true because of how you feel. Yeah, uh, and and that is very counter to scripture. And the scripture that jumped out to me as far as uh, 
watching this process happen with my buddy and, and seeing it in others uh, was Isaiah 55, 8. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. I think we've gotten away from the reality that we're never going to understand fully uh, what God is doing. Mm-hmm. He, he is so far beyond our comprehension and uh, in our faith, my faith, our denomination, we, we uh, believe very strongly that, that the heart is sinful. Uh, Jeremiah talks about the heart being sinful. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul tells us in Romans that our minds need to be transformed. And uh, that tells us that our minds are, are imperfect. Yeah. Our hearts are imperfect. We're going to uh, make mistakes when it comes to emotion. We cannot be uh, yeah. led by our emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you see this in the common rhetoric that people use nowadays. Mm-hmm. Follow your heart, right? Uh, yeah, you know, do it. Do what makes you happy, right? Those type of and people mean well when they say those I, things. I they don't they mean do. anything bad when they say stuff like that. Uh, follow your heart is meant to be a, a good thing to trust your instincts and whatever may be. Uh, do what makes you happy is right. it's meant to be something that that is encouraging right. for it's somebody. loving yeah it's loving it's a loving thing to say nobody means something bad when they say that but it is dangerous right and that's what we're, we need to realize is uh, being led by our heart or led by happiness can be very destructive because what we think makes us happy is not what will make us eternally happy or eternally have joy right those type of things what God says so. and, and won't put us in that that promised land, if you will, that used to be mm. geographic, now it is spiritual, and mm-hmm. that's being in that place where God wants to bless us and use us for His glory. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to be inside His will, and and being led by our emotions will do the opposite of yeah, that. It'll take absolutely. us out of absolutely. that promised land. Absolutely. So let's just talk about why we we think this shift is happening in the church. Um, why do you think that maybe there's this there's this shift in the church? Um, leaving historical teachings, becoming more emotionally driven. Uh, this sounds silly, but I think it's easier. Okay. Um, yep. You know, uh, when we think of some of the uh, places where this emotionally driven Christianity shows up most often is uh, in in our human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And um, if we've got someone that we love who has entered into some of these areas where Scripture has uh, deemed sinful mm-hmm. uh, regarding our human sexuality. Um, and I don't want to single any one of those out because any any straying or any perversion of God's yeah. design for yeah. human sexuality fits into this category. So I don't want to single them out. But if anybody in our family or anybody we love is moved into this area, then it's just easier to say, well, because I love this person, I'm going to support them and agree with them, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's just easier. And, and because our culture has become so accepting of these lifestyles, uh, it, it has become... Uh... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
very, very difficult mm-hmm. as an evangelical to oppose these things yeah. because it makes us sound unloving. Um, but, but I think from Scripture we find out that um, disagreeing with someone doesn't mean we don't love them. Yeah. And that's where I think the disconnect has come in Scripture or in society where if in society they say if you disagree with someone, you hate them. Yeah, uh, And we see that in the political realm. Yeah. We see that in the social realm. We see that in the, the sexual revolution realm uh, that, that uh, disagreeing with someone is equated with hating them. Yeah. Uh, and that's not disagree, scriptural. If you disagree, you're a bigot. If you disagree, yeah, you're, absolutely. you're a racist. If yep. you disagree. And that's not, that's not true. No. We can disagree and still love. We can disagree and still... Um, care for somebody, we can disagree and still be friends. In fact, still, if if we... Still be in the same church. Absolutely. <laughs> if we believe what God says about being in his will and being blessed in that will, if we see someone we love straying outside of that, the most loving thing we can do is try and bring them back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. that's where I think the disconnect is. Um, and I think for many, it's just easier to to move in that direction mm-hmm. and not have to fight uh, the 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 society and the culture uh, and just and just go with uh, what what society is yeah. doing. Yeah, be complacent. Yeah, uh, C.S. Lewis calls that whole idea of if you say if you disagree with somebody, their response back to you of well, you're a bigot or. It's bulverism. It's just this way of avoiding the argument. Absolutely. Just to call you names and slurs. And I love C.S. Lewis, but bulverism is what he That's calls a good that. And, uh, but I think there's a shift, too, in maybe most people probably don't recognize this shift, but there's a shift in philosophical thought. Sure. Um, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast, is there has been a shift from modern thought to postmodern thought. And when you make that shift into postmodern thought, postmodern thought allows for a more subjective reading of life and history. And truth. And truth, especially. Yeah, postmodern thought leads into this idea of, well, their truth is their truth and my truth is my truth. There's no one truth. No absolute truth. There's, There's whatever you have, that's your truth. And then what I have is my truth. This postmodern thought leads away from objective truth, right. objective realities, and it leads into living life subjectively. Right. It leads, and, and this has been a big major shift for, for quite a few years. Yeah. I mean, actually, we're not even in a postmodern world anymore. We're in a post-Christian yeah, post, world in, a, in, a, in America. <laughs> yep. So we, we've made a shift from postmodern to post-Christian now. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, or we're in, you know, we're right there in the thick of that shift, and uh, we're seeing that. So, but this postmodern thought idea leads to emotionally driven lives. It leads to subjective thought. Um, I would recommend reading a little bit, maybe on that idea of postmodernism. Absolutely, and uh, and you can see where this stems from. And uh, I think that is that is one of the main uh, factors. In the world that we're living in now is a philosophical shift that uh, most lay people or most people probably don't even understand that shift has happened, but it has happened. And uh, postmodern thought is is definitely leading us in this direction of more emotionally driven Christianity. I think what we talked about a little bit earlier is that there's a shift from in the church. There's even a shift in the church oh, from a more liturgical more biblical, more 
historical teaching uh, and even practice to a more contemporary, uh, cultural, and I'm once again, I am in a contemporary church. So sure. what I'm saying, I know and, and I, I live it. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, I've incorporated a creed. We've read a creed together this year. That's you know, great. different things like that because we need to understand what we believe as Christians is historically grounded. Um, it's historically grounded in 2,000 years of teaching, and uh, we can't just change that. Right. So um, I, I know your church is kind of in that contemporary realm as well. We are. And, we are. Uh, you may see that too. Yeah, it's definitely a, a – there's tension there. Yeah. Uh, we, we are from a more traditional uh, – heritage as far as being southern baptist but we don't look like your average mm-hmm. southern baptist church mm-hmm. we uh, we're in a storefront we have contemporary music we uh, don't have a steeple you know yeah. there's yeah. there's some things that set us apart uh, that make us a little different and, and do move us into more of that contemporary category yeah. uh we we do draw m- more millennials maybe mm-hmm. uh, than, than a traditional style southern baptist church and so that is uh, something i have to be aware of as well and mm-hmm. make sure that we are tethered to scripture uh, lest we float away like uh, so many we're seeing uh, yeah. with this uh, emotion-driven yeah. Uh, doctrine. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, what are what are some of the downsides to being driven emotionally as a church and, or as an individual Christian? Um, what are some of those downsides that you see? Yeah, I see a couple. One of the big ones is this move away from the importance of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard some of the most prominent, what we would have called evangelical leaders in our country uh, using phrases like unhitching from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a very dangerous thought that, I, that, I, that terrifies me, mm-hmm. uh, that, that we would begin to move away from uh, any part of Scripture. Yeah. Uh, I think the Old Testament is so, so rich in pointing us to Christ, and then the New Testament points us back to Christ. And uh, to, to, to move away from either of those, I think, is, is the biggest danger uh, of the Christian church. Uh, today and and I see that in this emotionally driven, uh, you know, emotion becomes elevated over scripture instead of emotion being filtered through uh, scripture, and yeah. I, that that seems very dangerous to me. Uh, and then another one is this idea, and I think the Spirit might have given this to me, but this this concept of the clay has now been elevated above the potter. Yeah, uh, We see that illustration in Scripture of God being the potter and we being the clay and, and this uh, desire to be molded by God. Uh, now with this emotion-driven uh, concept, the clay has been elevated above the potter and, and now the clay can tell the potter what to do, what to do with yeah. the clay. Uh, and and that, uh, again, is... is uh, betraying and uh, the, that Isaiah 55 scripture of his ways being above our ways. Um, it it uh, defies the, the humility we are called to in scripture. Um, and, and that, uh, again, uh, reduces, again, the importance of scripture and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the framework that that scripture gives us. And you had that illustration uh, that you found. I, yeah. want you to, I want you to share that because yeah, I think sure. that's a great understanding of why we have scripture yeah, sure. and what that scripture does for us and what happens when we abandon it. Yeah, I think so. A uh, couple illustrations that I found uh, in my, actually my morning reading today. I'm reading a book by Eugene Peterson called cool, uh, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, which is fantastic. That is good. Um, 
that the Christian life is is more about living consistently over a long period of time than it is about these amazing things we can do in the short time. Right. It's about being consistent. But what Eugene Peterson says, he has this illustration uh, when he goes to visit a woman at her house as a pastor. He's visiting her at her house uh, for a pastoral visit. And when he walks in, he sees the woman embroidering a piece of cloth. And she says to him, this, this is what she said. She said, Pastor, while waiting for you, I have come to realize what's wrong with me. I don't have a frame. My feelings, my thoughts, my activities, everything is loose and sloppy. There is no border to my life. Mm, I never know where I am. I need a frame for my life like this one that I have made for my embroidery. So good. It's brilliant. And so I think I think for us as as the downside for emotionally driven churches or individuals is there is no frame. And this goes back to James, I think. Mm-hmm. Being tossed to and fro right. by the doctrines of the world. Absolutely. Being tossed to and fro by the things that are going on right now, currently. Mm-hmm. And then when that changes, we'll be tossed that direction. And then when that changes, we'll be tossed in that direction. We're just tossed willy-nilly to and fro from different doctrines because we're not grounded. Yeah. We don't have a frame or we don't have a foundation. Right. That's the scriptural word. We don't have a foundation for what we believe as Christians. Yeah, and so that brilliant. this emotionally driven church, emotionally driven Christianity is like building that house on the sand. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be destroyed by the waves. Absolutely. Uh, it's not a proper foundation for sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think a couple really big downsides as far as a church is considered is um, if we win people to emotion, I've heard this phrase a lot, and I think it's very true. Whatever we win somebody with, we got to keep them with. Right. And so, if we win them with emotion, then we got to keep them with more emotion. And we that's keep exhausting them. as yes, a pastor. As a pastor, I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. None do of that. my sermons can, they can't. They can't be all emotional where I cry. Right. They can't all. You know, the only my sermons have to be grounded in scripture. Absolutely, I can do that. I yeah. can do that. Scripture's here. I can read scripture. It's less pressure. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If I've got to come up with something that's super intelligent and super cool and super yeah. uh, emotional, that's exhausting. I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Uh, especially especially with this brain bleed I've had <laughs> this year. I, I, that's just, I, uh, that yeah. hurts my head thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but to let scripture lead, scripture mm-hmm. guide, man, that's, I love that part. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easier. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's more fruitful. Oh my gosh, yeah, so much more. It's, it's way more fruitful. I know we all, we as pastors we all want to have that illustration that really hits home. We all want to have that story that hits like maybe one of Jesus's parables. Even right. Though none of our stories are that good. Nope. Uh, but in, we preach scripture. Watch what God does. Right. Uh, he he does some amazing things, and so um, yeah, I think. Once someone has has been emotionally driven for a long time, they can even they find the truth, but they can deny it. Yeah. So if if I'm led by emotions, I can find the truth. Um, I can find the answers, but I can't accept them. Right. You know, it it becomes you become such such a person that when you do find truth, you don't accept it. Or or worse, and what I've seen with my buddy here, who is a very intelligent. Uh, and very scripturally uh, sound guy mm-hmm. is is not just rejecting it, but perverting it, yeah, and making it say something it doesn't say. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's been the biggest mm-hmm. uh, fear and 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 thing that that I've seen in this in his case specifically is it's not so much a rejection of the truth of scripture, but a perversion of it, yeah, uh, which I think is even more dangerous. Uh, making it say something it doesn't say mm-hmm. to to fit this emotionally driven concept and and then for him to be very evangelistic in that yeah. uh, is is very frightening and, and makes me want to be even that more vigilant in in combating this uh, as a pastor for our church yeah by staying grounded in the word yeah um, and, and encouraging our, our people to be grounded in the word um, to encourage the memorization of scripture and meditation on scripture. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then showing the application of Scripture, I think, is one of the most important things as a pastor I do in, in my preaching is not just telling them about the Bible, but showing how they can apply that to their lives yeah. today, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, you know, not Absolutely. just on Sunday. Absolutely. That's Romans chapter 1, what it you were talking about earlier. That's... Romans chapter 1, I just flipped there for a second. Romans chapter 1, verse 32. You know Romans chapter 1, it, it has this, that you've, uh, God's given them over. Right. He's handed them over to a debased mind. He's handed them over to just the consequences of their sinfulness, the consequences of what they, the way that they're living. But in verse 32, Paul says, Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. Yep. It's exactly what your friend right. is doing. He's perverting Scripture in a way that approves things that God has clearly... And, and even promotes. His, yeah, in Scripture right. has denied. And, and that, so that's, that's, that's Romans 1. That's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. The proverbial slippery slope. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to read one more quote in this section that, that uh, Eugene Peterson had in this book that I'm reading. And he says this, This is talking about worship, like just joining together for worship on a Sunday morning. He said, if Christians worshipped only when they felt like it, there would be precious little worship. Mm. Feelings are important in many areas, but completely unreliable in matters of faith. Paul Shearer says, the Bible wastes very little time on the way that we feel. I love that. He's not saying feelings are unimportant. He's just saying that they're unreliable they're not a reliable source. Right. They're sinking sand. Yeah. They're not a reliable foundation, one we can build our life on. Well, and again, the scripture talks about a heart being deceitful and sinful and 
and even evil, Jeremiah mm-hmm. says, and, and our minds mm-hmm. needing to be transformed. That doesn't happen overnight. That's a, that's a lifelong process of our minds being renewed. And so we can't trust our mind. We can't trust our heart. We must trust Scripture mm-hmm. and uh, what the Spirit is telling us as we read that Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not just reading it so we can check off that box on our on our list, but so that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, can inform us through that Scripture. That's that's what Jesus told us the Spirit was going to do. It was going to open our our minds and our eyes and our hearts to the truth of God's Word. And if we're not in it, we're yeah. going to be yeah, uh, drifted absolutely. away. And I think, you know, as we talk about combating this, uh, it, it's, it's again, tethering ourselves to God's Word. Yeah, I mean, that was our next question was, how do we combat being led by emotional as an individual? Well, tethering yourself to Scripture. Like, Scripture needs to be that foundation in which I build my life on. Now, Jesus is ultimately the foundation, but Scripture points me to Jesus. Right. And so I see a lot of people... Uh, a lot of s- scary things going on in, in evangelical world. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, devotionals like Jesus Calling, where it's just like God told me this. Right. Okay. How's that line up with Scripture? S- yes, Scripture tells me something. Now, if, if I feel the spirit, an impression on my spirit, it better align with Scripture. Um. Saying God told me something is not good enough. Right. It's it's it needs to align with the Word of God. Let me so t- we see this a lot going on in evangelical world. Tell, man, I, I had an experience just a few years ago with somebody uh, who is it's exactly along this line. He he literally said with his mouth. He told me this out loud. He said there was a time in my life where I wanted to hear a fresh word from God, so I stopped reading the Bible for three years. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that just that? That yeah. makes that it, yeah. it hurts my heart to hear that. Yeah, um, but it shows you where our society is. Mm-hmm. Even and and this is a guy who's mm-hmm. been in church. He he he's I, I thought was grounded. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but he said out loud. He said, you know, I wanted to hear from God, and so I stopped reading the Bible. That's that's the exact opposite yeah. of what you want to do if you want to hear from God. If you want to hear from God, get in His Word. Yeah, uh, and so that that that's again it shows you where emotion can take you. Yeah. Hundred percent. There's a, a reformed pastor. Uh, what's his name? St- I think it's Steve Lawson. Mm-hmm. And he said, "If you want to hear from God, read the Bible. And if you want to hear God audibly, read the Bible out loud." Yes, I've heard that. Yes. That's great. So, um, Scripture grounds us, and everything that we do in our lives, every word we think, we feel, or hear, or there's an impression on our heart from God. It better be grounded in Scripture. Yep. And we have this very mystical thing going on in the evangelical world as well. This very mystical, yeah. God told new me this. Age yeah, new age kind of New age thing. That's very scary. Um, there's a podcast I've been listening to called Cultish. Oh, wow. Uh, and they're, t- they're really diving into that new age topic because you see it going on in our world, and it's even hitting the church. Yep. Um where just look for the image of God that's in you. Right. Whoa. Well, and what what, <laughs> what, what you find in that yeah. is that the answer is always a selfish one. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like I've, I've never heard this myself, but I've heard more than one pastor talk about the guy that walks into his office and says, Pastor, this God told me to leave my wife for my secretary. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's very selfishly yeah. motivated. And if you take that, what you think you hear from God, yeah. God told me to leave my wife for my yeah. secretary, and filter that through Scripture, yeah. then you're going to see, okay, God did no, not tell me that. No. But, yeah. but we're not filtering it through Scripture, and mm-hmm. that's leading us to... Uh, yeah. A be emotionally driven, but also makes us yeah. make some really bad choices. Absolutely, hundred percent. So I think the main way that we combat being emotionally driven is we rely on Scripture. We rely on the Word of God. The, and the, what we what we call Scripture as Protestants is foundationally. Uh, if you search for how the Scripture is made up, who wrote, it's all going to come back to. The New Testament especially, eyewitnesses or people who were close to eyewitnesses to the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Like, this is why we read this. Right. And this is important. And so this is where we search for truth. This is where we find truth. This is where we uh, where we get answers. Now, this is where we get answers for what we're doing. And so uh, I think the other way that we combat being led emotionally is, is what Josh talked about earlier. We recognize our depravity, mm-hmm. not total. <laughs> we, yeah, that was good. We recognize our depravity. Right. We are depraved. We need to live in the reality that we are fallen people who are depraved. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my emotions cannot and should not be trusted without being tested, without being held according to Scripture. Absolutely. We are depraved. We live in a fallen world. We live in fallen bodies. Uh, it doesn't mean that the physical is evil. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that since the fall, we live in a fallen world. Yep. And so uh, it's We important. default to sin. Yeah, absolutely. Scripture and the Spirit must be the thing that, that deters us from that. Absolutely. Because we won't do it on our own. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. So that was how do I, how do I combat being led by emotion as an individual? Now let's let's just switch for a second just to the church. How does a church combat being led by emotion? What would you say there? You know, as far as our church, um, we have a list of core values. Uh, we actually have them placed on the wall. I mean, they're huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and those core values are what drive us. Mm-hmm. And the first one is that we are Jesus centered. But then the second one is we're biblically grounded. Yeah. And, and so in those first two core values, if someone walks into our church and says, hey, what's this church all about? And they look on the wall, they find out immediately uh, that we are focused on Jesus and we are grounded in Scripture. Yeah. Um, and, and then we have to live that out, obviously. It can't yeah. just be something we put on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that sh- that's a, a tremendous uh, burden for me as a pastor uh, that, that my sermons cannot just be... Uh, a pep talk. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They have to be God speaking through his word. Yeah. Uh, and so every Sunday morning, as I'm praying with my worship guy and my leaders, I pray, God, let you speak and not me. I, yeah. I don't want people to hear what I have to say. Yeah. I want people to hear what God has to say. Yeah. Uh, and if I ever abandon that, then yeah. our church is going to be yeah. uh, in danger of being emotionally driven. Yeah, Absolutely. I think as a church, um, obviously to have a faithful pastor is important. Um, but to have elders or have leadership, a leadership structure that's going to make sure 
that that is happening right. is important. Even if it's leaders. part of your core values, you yeah. still got to be held accountable to yeah, those. Yeah, absolutely. You have strong leaders. So uh, if I'm looking at Scripture, every church has every church in Scripture has a group of elders who lead that church. Right. And um, one of them may be better at teaching, and so they're the primary teacher. But the other elders are are, are leading. They're leading that church as a group. Absolutely. And I think that's important. I think. Um, living what Scripture has taught for two thousand years, what, the historical teachings of the church is important. Right. Um, the sacraments are extremely important. Um, living in those, right, um, are important. Um, trusting in what the Holy Spirit has been doing for two thousand years. Sure. Like we we act like we're so smart. Right. <laughs> like people who lived in the first century were so dumb. Right. It's it's just a I think every generation does that, but sure. we act like we're so smart yep. that nobody's ever thought of that same-sex marriage is okay right. before. Yeah, come on, <laughs> right? That, or that, or that nobody's ever thought that there was no such thing as hell before. Right? No, <laughs> these things have been going on for a long time from the beginning. We are not that smart. Right? Um, we need to trust in the two. What did Solomon say? There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> yeah, we need to trust in what. God has done over the past 2,000 years. And uh, a good example of this is right now we're, we're about to hit Christmas. Mm-hmm. A good example of this is Advent. Advent has been practiced for, for a long time. Centuries. Let's, let's not forget that practice of right. Advent. Let's not forget that. Let's Instead, let's, let's dive into Embrace that historical it. teaching. Advent has been practiced since like 380 A.D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why are we just neglecting that? It's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful to do that. Uh, my wife is pregnant as a baby in her womb right now, and we're doing an Advent devotional, the three of us. That's awesome. And so it's important that we not turn our backs and abandon the historical uh, the historical Christian church. Well, and you bring up a great point of including our children. Yeah. Um, we got our, our daughters uh, uh, a verse memorization little thing that – uh, each night you have a different letter of the alphabet and a verse that starts with that letter and mm-hmm. and they're short verses because I've got you know a nine-year-old six-year-old and a three-year-old and they're able to then memorize these short verses and then God's words now placed in their hearts and mm-hmm. that's an opportunity but I think and also a responsibility yeah. of us as parents yeah so that this next generation can be grounded as well so mm-hmm. they don't drift off into yeah. this emotionally driven Christianity. Absolutely. And so uh, that's a great point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the church needs to do a, a good job back in those children's areas. Absolutely. In those, if you have a youth group, you know, you need to do well in those in those areas um, as well. That's so, a priority. Yeah. And they have to be grounded as well. You can't just be babysitting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, 100%. So uh, do you have anything left to finish there i think we're going to finish by reading a passage of scripture i think is important sure uh for our topic and uh and it's from second peter is that good to finish? yeah you good i think that? so yeah so let's finish in second peter chapter one and i think it's important uh peter is is remembering in second peter chapter one starting at verse 16 peter is remembering his personal experience of the transfiguration let me just say this. None of us have had a personal experience <laughs> Not like as that. great 
or as phenomenal or as emotional or as amazing as seeing Jesus transfigured on a mountain. Yeah. None of us. What you think God is saying to you has never and will never be as amazing as seeing Jesus transfigure. Yep. And then Peter says this in 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21. And I'll read it and then you can maybe sure. talk about verse 19. For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we, are eyewitness- we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from the God the Father, the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. We were with him on the holy mountain. And we have a prophetic word more fully conformed to which you will do well to pay attention. As to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What a fantastic text for what so we're talking good. about today. Absolutely. So I think verse 19 is the, the really important verse. Right. And uh, any thoughts on that scripture? Yeah, he, he's, he's basically saying, yeah, I had a cool experience in my... Uh, emotions were were ramped up that day but this is better this is more reliable yeah uh, and, and so again like you said we're not going to have an experience like that no so our experiences are not reliable the only thing that is reliable is scripture this this prophetic word he says uh, and he says it's like a lamp shining it reminds mm-hmm. me of the psalms uh, your lamp your light your word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet uh, the old Amy Grant song, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Thy Word. Uh, you know that that just uh, yeah. N- nothing else has that light. Nothing yeah. else has that power to lead us like God's Word. Yeah, and I think this scripture tells us we can't abandon the Old Testament, right? Because Peter's, I mean, he's specifically talking about the Old yeah. Testament, but Peter's like New Testament hadn't been written yet. Peter's, Peter's like, listen, this Old Testament is the prophecy that led us to to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's more fully conform- confirmed. Yep. Uh, like, we can't abandon Scripture. No, this stuff, this has been fully confirmed. This is the Word of God. This is what should ground us more than experiences. Like Josh was saying, right. none of us will have an experience like what, what Peter had right. on the mountain, seeing a transfigured Jesus, hearing the voice of God. Yeah, hearing yeah, God say, and Peter saying, "This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased." <laughs> yep. And Peter's like, "That was not as reliable as the Old Testament, yep. as the Word of God, as Scripture. That is more reliable than even my experience, than my eyewitness." Yep. Yeah, because he knew he might have messed it up, he might have got something wrong, but he knew that the Spirit was going to get it right as he recorded it. And yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing passage of Scripture for us. So a chal- we, we just want to challenge you with what we talked about today. Be grounded in the Word of God. Be grounded in the Scriptures. Do not let your emotions guide, lead, uh, especially lead to what you believe, but lead your life. Right. Um, 
I'm reminded that God is slow to anger. Yeah. He's slow to be emotional. Yeah. Uh, and you can take it that way. Right. So any last thoughts? Yeah, just when you have those emotions, run them through Scripture. Yeah. Uh, emotions aren't bad. Uh, they just can't be the, the primary source of, of truth and wisdom and leadership. Uh, filter it through Scripture. So what does God's Word say about this? Yeah. I'm feeling this or I'm thinking this. This seems to be right. Yeah. It, vi- it might very well be. Yeah. But what's Scripture say? Yeah. Pass it through Scripture uh, and let that determine yeah. your course of action. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with everything. Uh, thanks for joining me today, Josh. Man, I appreciate it. Was awesome. it. Glad and, to do uh, it. Hope that this podcast has blessed you. Stay tuned for more Around the Bible podcasts and conversations to be happening soon. See you later. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.